We're going to go ahead and get started. Job chapter 42. Job 42, Lord willing, last lesson in Job. And if not, then okay. But uh, last lesson in Job, Lord willing here. And uh, thank you for the prayers. I will say this again at the main service, but Melanie and Elijah Daniel are doing well. They are home. They're not here this, this morning. Uh, she's still pretty worn out, but uh, she would... She is hoping to be here tonight. I don't know if it's going to happen, uh, and neither does she, but she wants to be here, so we'll see how it goes uh, as, far as, as far as all of that. So thank you for the prayers. Uh, doing well, and uh, I'm sleeping fine, so uh, the hospital stay was a little rough on me, but uh, other than that, uh, we're doing good. Uh, Job chapter 42. That's terribly insensitive. That's just a joke. Calm down, all right? Uh, Job 42, we'll pick it up in verse number 10, uh, of course. And uh, we've been talking about uh, the final chapter here of Job. And verse number 10, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and a 1,000 yoke of oxen and a 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters." And he called the name of the first Jemima, and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Hapuch. And in the land of uh, there were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. Uh, I'm going to pause right there. Uh, now here we have the, the, final, the final blessings to Job, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about those. But uh, we're going to start with a wonderful phrase that he says, uh, at the start of the verse, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job there in verse number 10. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the new versions change that phrase repeatedly as well. Uh, there's way too many for me to list, but it's amazing that they, they change that, and the reason is because of all the cross-references that you're going to get here in just a moment. Uh, but let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get into it. Father, I thank you for the morning, and I thank you for... Uh, Father, your abundant goodness upon us and your mercy and grace and care. And Father, we pray that you would bless the day. Be with uh, those that are here today. I, I pray that the services would all be a blessing to them. Father, for the Sunday school hour that you would take control. And Father, speak as only you can through all the teachers we have here. And Father, for Pastor Legault, we pray that you would strengthen and help him. Be with anything that could distract him from preaching what you want him to preach. Father, help him to be able to say with clarity of thought and mind exactly what we need to hear from you and father we pray that we would be able to set aside any distractions that we may have to be able to listen and to understand and to do exactly what you need us to do after we hear and father we pray you'd bless the day while someone comes in without the savior i pray they wouldn't leave that way i pray we'd have visitors we'd have folks that would come and hear the gospel and call upon jesus christ today father we pray you come back soon in jesus name amen Amen. So here we are in Job 42, verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Once again, we've talked about this plenty of times, uh, with Job being a type into the tribulation, and the Jew in the tribulation in particularly. Uh, look over, hold your place. Well, uh, we'll get back here either way, but uh, go over to Psalm 126 first. We'll hit a few of these 
Uh, there are a whole lot of them, and so I will, uh, I'll hit a few, but you can go to plenty more. Um, sake of time, I won't, I won't just keep running references for the same thing, all right? Uh, but Job 100, or, uh, Psalm 126, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with the singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing in sheaves with him. Uh, there he is, turning the captivity of, look at that, Zion. Uh, it's an Israel uh, type of passage. Uh, Zephaniah. Go over to Zephaniah. Uh, Zephaniah chapter 2, we'll grab that one. Zephaniah chapter 2. And he says, uh, oh, all sorts of things. And he's telling them to gather at the start of the chapter, all right? So that's, that's an obvious reference right there. Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired. That'd be Israel. The day of the Lord's anger shows up in verse number 2. Seek the Lord, all the meek of the earth, in verse 3. And then he says in verse, uh, verse number 5, Woe unto the inhabitants of the seacoast, the nation of the Cherethites. The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, the land of the Philistines. I will even destroy thee, that there shall be no inhabitant. And the seacoast shall be for dwellings for, and cottages for shepherds and folds for flocks. And the coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. There they are. They shall feed thereupon in the houses of Ashkelon. They sh shall they lie down in the evening, for the Lord thou, their God shall visit them and turn away, there it is, their captivity. Uh, look over at chapter 3, verse number 20. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, there he is, doing it again, for I will make you a name and a praise among all the people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. Uh, when he turns their captivity, that's, that's them coming out of the tribulation and him going ahead and sitting upon the throne and uh, bringing them again from captivity. And uh, look back over at Jeremiah chapter 33. We'll go one more chapter here. Jeremiah 33. Then we'll get back to Job. But uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. We're going to grab some verses out of the chapter. You can feel free to look it over a little bit more later if you'd like. But... Job, uh, Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number 7. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as at the first. Uh, look at verse 11. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever, and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. I'll look down all the way to verse number 25. Thus saith the Lord, If my covenant be not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then will I cast away the seed of Jacob and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for I will cause their captivity to return and have mercy on them. If they are no longer the chosen people of God, it's because he does not have a covenant any longer with day and night. 
Oh, you still have that covenant with day and night, and he still has the ordinances of heaven and earth, and so then he still has a promise to Israel, and so regardless of what captivity they are in, he is going to return them and have mercy upon them. There it is. Uh, and so obvious reference. Go back to Job 42. Job 42, and so uh, it's a direct reference uh, once again to the tribulation, the end of the tribulation, him turning the finish of the book uh, here of Job, as well as the finish of the tribulation to the nation of Israel. And so he's making the turn, and what does he do? Uh, we talked about it last time. He did it when Job prayed for his friends. I won't go through that again, uh, but Job became the daysman for his friends if you weren't here last time. He is the one who stands in between, and the Lord takes his prayer uh, and his offering, so that he'll accept their offering. And that's an interesting uh, thing we talked about last time. Uh, but notice what he did for him. He gets comfort. Notice in verse number 11. Uh, then, there came, uh, then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all that had been his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Uh, every man also gave him a piece of gold and, uh, of money and every one an earring of gold. Uh, he gets comforted. Well, Israel gets comforted. Uh, at the end of the tribulation, Israel gets comforted. Look over. Uh, we'll just grab one of these. Isaiah 49. Hold your place right here. We'll grab one and jump back. Isaiah chapter 49. And verse number 13, he says, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. And then he gets into where he's talking about. He's talking about when they're forsaken, and then the Lord shows back up. And he does what? He has compassion upon them and has comfort to them. And takes when? When he brings them back in. Uh... I'll give you the reference. We won't turn there, but Jeremiah chapter 31, 11 to 14 is another really good one. Uh, go back over to uh, Job 42. Job chapter 42. Uh, he says, uh, at the end of the verse, he says, Every man also gave him a piece of money and everyone an earring of gold. Uh, wealth is given back to Israel. Uh, that also is going to happen at the end of the tribulation when Israel comes in uh, and the Lord shows up. Look over at Isaiah uh, chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah 2 and verse number 1, he says, The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days. I'll give you the timetable, right? We talked about that plenty. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Millennial reign, right? And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Uh, here they come and what are they doing? They're coming into the city. They're going up to the house of Jacob to go and learn 
and go and be there, and they're all going to come in. Second uh, Chronicles chapter nine. What happens when all the nations come in? Second Chronicles chapter nine. Second Chronicles chapter nine and verse one. Great type, right? Solomon is a type of Jesus Christ sitting upon the throne, millennial reign. Uh, obviously, before he gets all messed up, but that's what he was. He's handed over the kingdom in peace, uh, and he's got he's got the perfect, pure rule that he's supposed to have, uh, and so on. Second uh, Chronicles chapter nine, verse one. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem with a very great company. And she comes in, and what does she have? And camels that bear spices, and gold in abundance, and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, his cupbearers also in their apparel, and his... Uh, ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit, I believe not their words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told, of me, was not told me, for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Happy are thy men, and happy are thy servants which stand continually before thee, and hear thy wisdom." Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne, to be king for the Lord thy God, because thy God loved Israel, to establish them forever. There it is. Therefore made he thee king over them to do judgment and justice, and she gave the king. Here it is, an hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices, great abundance and precious stones. Neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. They come in. And what do the kings do when they come to worship, right? They come in, and they come in to see the king of all the earth. They come in, and they bring. And Israel's just gaining the abundance. They're gaining the wealth. Uh, same thing for Job. All of his siblings who weren't around when he was going through the trouble don't know where they all came from. Uh, but here they are. They all show up finally. Uh, the Lord's finally answered, and then the, they, he finally gets comforted. He finally gets all those things. And they come, and when they show up, they're giving him gifts to, uh, to help him. And uh, once again, and so back to Job 42. I keep looking at the clock because I know how much I have left in my notes and nobody else does. And you go, well, you're already there. I mean, it's so close. Yeah, I know. It's so close. Uh, it's always so close. Um but here we are, and he says in verse number 10, we're going to grab something from verse number 10 and then jump back down to verse number 12, right? Uh, the end of verse 10, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Verse number 12, so the, the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 she-asses. Uh, he gives him what is the double portion. Now, uh, I'm going to get to that in a moment. He says that he blessed the latter end of Job uh, more than the beginning. Uh, that is a reference to future Israel. Uh, that, is, that is a continual reference. Uh, you, have, you have some folks who want to talk about the, that, that lousy song, and I'm going to say it. Uh, that lousy song, Send the Rain, is, is garbage, okay, in case you're curious. Uh, 
and uh, people go, well, it has all these great lyrics. It has terrible lyrics. It also has terrible lyrics, especially when you know the person who wrote it. Uh, it's even worse when you know the person that wrote it. You say, why? Because the person that wrote it was a guy who was a Baptist. Uh, he was a Baptist in an independent Baptist church, and he left that to go to contemporary churches. And when he says that I'm tired of the same old thing, traditions, he's talking about what you do, in case you're wondering. He's not talking about the Catholic Church, and he's not talking about the Methodists. And the, he's, not, he's talking about you, <laughs> your traditions. He's not talking about the weird rituals that some other person does. He's talking about yours. And people don't pay attention to what they're singing. Anyways, that'll be a whole other thing. Uh, but they're talking about the early and the latter rain. That has nothing to do with you, in case you're wondering. Uh, and so I'm just going to go ahead and hammer away at that idea for a second. But uh, none of that stuff matters. That's not about you. That's about Israel. That's the blessings of Israel. Uh, go back to Numbers chapter 24. Numbers chapter 24. So in case you're wondering, that song's garbage. Um, just in case you didn't know that, I'll educate you real quick. That, that's garbage. Uh, so that's just garbage. Um, Brother Andrew preached it, I think. Um, he's not in here, so I can say it. Uh, he preached it a little while ago. I think it might have been the one he did in December. Uh, if, if you have poor doctrine in the music, it's bad music. That's just all there is to it. It can, have, it can make you feel good, and it can make you do all this, but if it's got bad doctrine, it's still bad music, uh, regardless. And that song is just bad doctrine. Anyways, Numbers chapter 24, let's get into some good doctrine. Uh, verse number 14, you know what's happening, okay? Balaam and Balak here, right? They're going after Israel. Uh, Balaam's trying to figure out how to get his house... Uh, full of gold. Balak's trying to get him a house full of gold so we can have Israel cursed, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, notice what he says uh, in verse number 14. And now, behold, I go unto my people. Come therefore, and I will advertise thee what this people shall do to thy people in the latter days. Israel. What are they going to do? To what? The Gentiles. The victory he's going to give them. And he took up a parable in Balaam and so on. And what's going to happen? Uh, verse number 17, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not, uh, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth, and Edom shall be possessed. Seir also shall be a possession of his enemies, and Israel shall do valiantly. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion, and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. And when they, he looked down Amalek and so on, he's destroying everything. You say, who's the, sept who's the star? Well, that's Jesus Christ. And when's he going to do, do all that stuff? At the latter end. Second advent. Mm -hmm. That's the latter end. That's the latter days of the nation of Israel. And it has nothing to do with you and I. Uh, go over to Hosea. Hosea chapter 3. Hosea chapter 3. Uh, we'll just grab the last verse there. Verse number 5. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. 
and shall fear the Lord and His goodness in the latter days. Oh, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord. Yeah, when they become a nation and Jesus Christ rules as a king. And uh, go ahead and just turn back a book over to Daniel. Uh, Daniel chapter 10. And Daniel is, is waiting. He had been waiting for what was going to happen. He's waiting for the answer. He's been fasting. He's been waiting. And you get to Daniel chapter 10 and verse number, uh, we'll get verse number 14 here. Now I come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people. Well, Daniel's an Israelite. What shall befall thy people in the latter days for yet the vision is for many days and he's going to go ahead and give him the vision and the vision that he's going to give him is going to be all the way out to that's right the end it's not a shock uh, the latter days aren't about us they're about the nation of israel and those latter days are where and the nation of israel is the one who's going to get a double portion they're going to get a blessing now uh look back at uh Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1, yep, we're going all the way back to the beginning. Job chapter 1, he says that the Lord blessed him and gave him twice as much as he had, right? He gave him the double, uh, the double portion. And so you get to Job chapter 1, we'll just confirm uh, verse number 3, his substance also was 7,000 sheep. Well, now he's got 14,000. 3,000 camels, well, he's got 6,000. 500 yoke of oxen, he's got 10,000. And five, or, yeah, five, <laughs> he's got 1,000. I don't know what I was saying right there. Added a zero. Uh, he's got 1,000 yoke of oxen. And then he says, and 500 she-asses, uh, he's got 1,000 she-asses now. He's got a double pour. Everything's doubled. All right? That's not hard math. Okay? He's, he's doubled everything. All right? Why does Job get double right here? Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 27. Or Deuteronomy chapter 21. I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 21. Now he's going to get a double portion. And the Lord's blessing is latter end. Double portion. Nation of Israel. Double portion. How do you get that? Well, Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse number uh, 15. He says, If a man have two wives, one beloved and another hated, and they have borne him, a chi- borne him children, both the beloved and the hated, and if the firstborn son be hers that was hated, then it shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that which he hath, that he may not make the, first, uh, make the son of the beloved firstborn be the, before the son of the hated which is indeed the firstborn. So it doesn't matter if you like them or don't like them or you like the wife or you don't like the wife. That's what he's saying. The firstborn is the firstborn. Verse number 17. But he shall acknowledge the son of the hated for the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he hath. For he is the beginning of his strength, the right of the firstborn is his. 
So the firstborn gets a double portion. That's who gets it. Regardless of what they've done, regardless of if they're loved or hated, that's what they're supposed to get. They're supposed to get a double portion under the law. Go back to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. So what's the Lord doing? He is setting hard the type that he has wanted to have in the book of Job right here. The end of the book, he's setting it hard exactly what he meant for the entirety of the book. He's ending strong, I think. Uh, Exodus chapter 4, he does not have to do this for Job. But he does it to ensure that we understand what he's doing. Uh, And he likes to keep the types right. Just ask Moses. He likes to keep the types right. Uh, Exodus chapter 4 and verse number 22. You know what's happening, right? Pharaoh, Moses, standoff is happening. Verse number uh, 22. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Or says, You don't let my son go, I'll kill your firstborn son. But Israel's my firstborn. You say, What's he going to get? Double portion. Double portion. Say, What does Job get? Double portion of all the stuff. The Lord's finishing out the type pretty good. Uh, it's Israel. They're coming out of the tribulation. The king is showing up. He is going to reward, right? The Lord has shown up. Uh, we already had the horses and the, them not being afraid in a fight and the birds of the air showing up and all the things, right? You got them all. They're lining up. Revelation 19, Revelation 20, rolling right in. And you say, what do you get? You get a double portion to the nation of Israel. They get blessed beyond measure. Uh, go back to Job. Job 42. Not Job 1. Job 42. Now here's where we'll get all of the disagreements you're probably going to get in chapter 42. Verse number 13. Amazingly enough, it's verse number 13. And he had also seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of the first Jemima, and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Hepuch. And in all the land there were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. Now, if you go back to Job chapter 1, he's got seven sons and three daughters. So one of two things have happened. Either he gets ten new kids after the restoration, or they're all resurrected from the dead. Now, I will go ahead and tell you what I believe, and I will say that I cannot say exactly what, I, what it is for sure. I can't 100% it. I'm not going to be able to 100% it. You also can't 100% it either, so there it is. All right? You can't guarantee you're right, and I can't guarantee that I'm right. But I'll tell you what I think, and the reason that I do it is because, the reason I think this is because the Lord likes his types. We just hammered away at the firstborn son. And you all were like, that is pretty cool. Okay. So here you go. Uh, You realize that Israel is going to get a resurrection? Ezekiel chapter 37. Let's just do it. Ezekiel 37.
you know the chapter. I'm not going to read all of this, just sake of time. Right? Ezekiel 37, verse number 1. Where does he show up? Ezekiel shows up. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out of the spirit, uh, in the, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And if you've heard Jim Lentz, they were very dry. Uh, and he said unto me, O son of, man, uh, son of man, can these bones live? And the Lord answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And down he goes, and what happens? They become a mighty army, a great, an exceeding great army in verse number 10. Verse number 11, Then said he unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves. Oh, and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Say, oh, that's that's just a national thing. Okay. Uh, Isaiah chapter 26. You say you think you're right. Obviously, I'm not. I'm teaching. I didn't think it was right. I wouldn't have said it. Uh, I, I just can't prove it. I can't prove it 100%. And you can believe what you want. I don't care. Uh, I just, I'm going to give you some extra stuff too, just on the side. Uh, verse 17, uh, he says, uh, well, back up just a little bit. Uh, verse uh Oh, verse 15, Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord, Thou hast increased the nation, Thou art glorified, Thou hast removed it far unto the ends of the earth, unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble they have, have they visited Thee. They poured out a prayer when Thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pangs, so have we been in Thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain, we have, as it were, brought forth wind, we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out, thy, out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy door about, about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Resurrection. Matthew chapter 24. This is one of those things where uh, I believe it and I think this is how it will be. And if you came up to argue with me, I would say I don't care. All right. So if you want to come up and argue about it, I don't care. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be here. Uh, well, I will be, I guess, technically. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll, we'll already have known the answer by the time we come back to go see this, okay? Uh, so I, I, I don't care. But I want to give you what I have. So if you, if you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. Just throw it out. I don't, it's nothing big, all right? Uh, but notice verse number 29 here in Matthew 24. Verse number 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn 
and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet, and they shall gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now we know that's a, that's a resurrection as well, so there's part of that. Uh, there's a resurrection that comes up, and uh, it's a resurrection for the nation of Israel. And how the Lord does that is an oddity to me. And the reason I have to say it that way is because where do they get judged? And how does their life work when he resurrects them? Because I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't have that one lined up. You say, well, they all get judged at the great white throne. That's a thousand years later. Uh, they're, supposed to, they're supposed to be part of the second army, tribulation saints. The armies that are in heaven, and they come up, and how so how's that all work? I don't know how that all works. I'm just being honest. I don't know how all that officially fits. I have ideas. I have thoughts. But there is a resurrection. Look back at Job chapter 19. Now, that didn't prove Israel's going to get a resurrection and have people on the earth that are risen. And Okay, I, I get it. I get that it didn't prove it. But I also believe, Job chapter 19, that Job believed in a resurrection, a physical one. Job chapter 19, verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day, there it is again, uh, upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Job believed in a resurrection. Yeah, he's probably the only one. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 22, sound familiar to anybody? Abraham takes Isaac. Hebrews tells us, tells us what he's thinking. That he counted God faithful that he would raise him from the dead and do what? Give him back his kid. Oh. Why would he think that? Now, you know where I believe Job is in the timeline. I don't believe Job's all the way up with Abraham. I think he's earlier than Abraham. I think he's right a little ways after the flood, somewhere in there. I think he might be before Abraham. I could be wrong. I could be exact contemporary with Abraham. But it's amazing, even if they are contemporaries, both of them believed in a resurrection. And I wonder if Job was the one who Abraham knew happened before him and got a resurrection. And said, well, if God can resurrect Job's kids, he could resurrect my kid. So that is all conjecture. Yep, throw it out. It doesn't bother me, but I believe the Lord can. And by the way, uh, Mary and Martha, you can go talk to them about who believed and who doesn't believe. And what the Lord can do at a resurrection. Now I'm also going to slide this in. Uh, go back to Job chapter 42. I'm going to slide this in because I have a, like two minutes extra, I think. Uh, either way, I'm going to be done. So uh, here's something also strange. This happens after all the tribulation is done, right? Now, Job's had ten kids already. He's already had ten. 
So he's no, you know, he's he's not in his twenties, right? He's not in his thirties. He's probably not even in his forties when all this befalls him. And now he's going to have ten more kids. I say, well, Abraham. Yeah, at 90, he was worried about having them. But you're going to slide 10 more in? Where? Also, uh, just a side note as well, uh, who are the two people that the Lord talks about around the tribulation? Lot and Job. Now, I can't guarantee this either. Uh, What happened to Job's wife after chapter 2? After Job's wife shows up in chapter 2 and tells him to curse God and die, do you know what happened to her? I don't know. She doesn't show up anywhere. In fact, she's not even mentioned in what he gets right here. It doesn't talk about Job having a wife at the end of the book. She's not even mentioned in chapter 42. What if she, what happened to her happened to Job's wife? Remember, or to, to Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife? Isn't that the statement? Why? Because she looked back and didn't trust the blessings of God in front of her. What if the Lord brought her into judgment for her foolish statements? Thou speakest as one of the foolish women. I can't prove that. But the only two, the two big comparatives to the people in the tribulation are one's wife curses God, tells him to curse God and die, and the other one looks back and turns to a pillar of salt. And neither one are ever heard from again. So, in case you were curious, I'm not sure how he gets kids if he doesn't have a wife around. Well, he could have remarried. I know all the things he could have done, but she's not listed and neither is any other wife. So anyways, we'll just move on. You say, what do you believe? I believe he resurrected him. Well, I believe he had ten more. Okay. Well, they name him here. That's one of the big arguments, by the way. He names the three daughters here. He didn't name the three daughters anywhere else. And he named them here. You say, why would he do that? Because he names them so that you understand he counted them enough to put them as part of the inheritance now. He did that on purpose. Yes. Technically, he, he technically had the first ones and then he had the second ones. So he could have technically been doubled. But you're right. It, it's an odd restoration as opposed to he didn't count the old ones for all the animals. And then suddenly you're counting the old kids and not the... Anyways. Um, so yeah. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Uh, and believe what you like. That's what I'm going with. I, it doesn't matter to me, but I don't, see, I don't see him having 10 more. After this, verse number 16... Uh, How about that, verse 16 and 17? We're going to go to a couple places, and I'm going to give you some things to close out, and we're done. After this lived Job 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. And so so Job died being old and full of days. Uh, 140 years later, he he dies being old and full of days. Interesting note. Uh, Go to Isaiah chapter 65. Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65, we are at the millennium. Or the millennium. 
the former things are gone. He's got Jerusalem. Verse number 20. There shall be no more thence an, an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner, being an hundred years old, shall be accursed. Uh, his, his comparative is, uh, if it's a good man, then a hundred years old is just a child. <laughs> and he'll die old and full of days. Every, every good man... There's Job, right? The righteousness of Job. Uh, he'll, he'll be old and full of days. That's, that's what he compares, and that's the cross-reference you have for Job. Job's old and full of days. Amazingly enough, Jacob, his testimony in front of Pharaoh is, Few and evil have been the days of the years of my pilgrimage, and I have not yet attained unto the days of the years of my fathers. Jacob, at uh, the time of Jacob's trouble, they don't attain unto the days and the years that they're supposed to get. They're martyred and taken. Anyways, uh, that's all just extra. Um, I'm going to give you a few things and then I'm done. James chapter 5 will be the last place that we go. James chapter 5. Uh, I, got, I got this list from Dr. Ruckman, so uh, if you don't like it, I, I just thought it was good. Uh, he gave seven lessons learned in the book of Job, and I thought they were really good. Uh, so I'm going to pass them on to you. If you have his commentary, you can get them uh, without the middleman, but uh, here are seven lessons we learned in the book of Job, and there's probably more than that, but he gave, he gave seven good ones here. Uh, the first is, though all those that live godly shall suffer persecution. Uh, remember, Job's the oldest book in the Bible, the oldest written book in the Bible, and so he's, he's writing things and learning things that you and I already have in the New Testament. Uh, all those that live godly shall suffer persecution. The second, God will use Satan to glorify himself. Learn that real quick in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Number 3, the best of men are still sinners. Job, Job's the best. Still was a sinner. Uh, number 4, some things cannot be explained apart from supernatural revelation. I don't know what's going on. Nope. Until the Lord tells you, you have no idea what's going on. Uh, number 5, God's ways are not our ways, nor His thoughts our thoughts. Uh, number six, all things work together for good to them that love God. Worked out for good for Job. That middle part wasn't very good, but that ending was. That's what we rely on, isn't it? The middle might not look so good, but the ending. And then lastly, God will be merciful and loving to any sinner who forsakes his own righteousness and accepts God's. That's Job. I repent in dust and ashes. I abhor myself. James chapter 5, last thing on Job. Verse number 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. That's the Lord's epitaph kind of on Job. He was a patient man. He waited, and in doing so, you found out that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercies. That's who he is. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you once again for just all the things we got to look at throughout the book of Job. I thank you that, uh, Father, I pray it was a blessing. 
Lord, to folks in different times and different struggles people have, I pray they'd be able to remember some of these things and be able to, to draw upon them, Father, to understand how great of a God that we have. Lord, you are wonderful and you are good to us, and I pray that Jesus Christ will be high and lifted up this day. And Lord, you draw everybody a little closer to you, but Father, I pray if someone's lost, I pray they'd get saved this morning. And once again, we pray you bless the day. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.